Good morning and welcome again to Words of Hope. I'm Mark Yoder, grateful again today for this opportunity to share with you and grateful again today for each of you that have tuned in again this morning. Thank you again for taking a few minutes to spend together like this. Our goal again today is to be an encouragement. We call this program Words of Hope, and it really is my desire to be able to share some things that will bring hope to you. Uh, we run into many situations where uh, Christians, not, not just people of the world, but Christians, people who know Jesus, are very discouraged. Many have given up, and they no longer really expect this faith journey to be a satisfying, fulfilling journey. And if you are a regular listener, if you're someone that is here on a regular basis, you know how it's a tough one for me. I, I really want Christians to enjoy this journey, and I believe it's our inheritance and that we should just live with an incredible sense of destiny. And that's my prayer for us today. Last week, I spent some time talking about the love of God, a huge subject and one that if we're going to be even a little bit honest, we will admit that we fall far short of being able to describe God's love or explain or help us understand even. And yet I do think it's worth our time to talk about it and think about it. One of the scriptures that has intrigued me for many years is that scripture from first John chapter three, verse one, where it says, behold, what manner of love the father hath lavished or bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. What an amazing thing that God has taken us and he's brought us into this family. And Jesus, of course, said, unless a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of heaven. But those of us that have come to know Jesus and experience, have experienced new birth, what a privilege, what an honor it is to be part of the family of God. Uh, one of the things that has impressed me in this last week, ever since I talked a little bit about the love of God last week, and most of the emphasis that I had last week was to talk about God's demonstration of his love when he sent Jesus into the world. Uh, what an amazing thing that our God did. He commanded his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just in a, I, I'm, it's funny how the more I have thought about this subject in the past week or so, the more amazed I've become at what it is meant, how great his love is. The Bible actually says that God's love is higher, deeper, and further, far more far-reaching than the depth of the oceans or the height of the stars. And I know I say this pretty often, but every, every time I think about the size of our universe and God's love being equal to that, I think again that our universe is 90 billion light years out there. <laughs> so is there any wonder that we stagger when we try to tell you about the amazing love of God? We quoted last week and also played the song about the love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. That guilty pair bowed down with care God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from their sin. And then that last verse that so many have found uh, delight in. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade? 
To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could a scroll contain the whole those stretched from sky to sky. It's only right as we try to talk about this amazing love that we realize we can only scratch the surface. In Ephesians, Paul writes that prayer that each of us, along with all saints, would come to know the love of God that passes knowing. And not just a few, but each and every one of us. I um, want to remind you, though, as we talk about this today, that God's love revealed to you, your understanding of God's love for you comes from the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of people today that struggle with uh, a father image. They've been hurt, sometimes neglected, abused, mistreated, abandoned. I don't know all the words that ought to be used there. And so there's something in people with that wounding sometimes that will say it's really hard for me to understand a father's love, a heavenly father's love. And I've, uh, different times when I've thought of that, I've struggled. But I want to say good news to you today. And that is this thing of bringing us into relationship with our heavenly father, into this sense of intimacy and belonging and safety comes by the work of the Holy Spirit as he opens our eyes and as he changes our hearts and as he shows us our, the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. I think it's fair to say that this intimacy that we long for, this uh, relationship with our Heavenly Father that feels safe and that uh, makes us realize just how totally accepted and loved and belonging and part of we are is not something that you can achieve by hard work and determination. You can't get up earlier in the morning and have your devotions. You can't make sure you read uh, more chapters in the Bible and pray longer or witness more. This intimacy from God is a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I, there's something neat about that if you get a hold of this. You know, when you know something is not in your realm of capability and accomplishment, I believe it triggers faith. I don't. I realize sometimes people might become discouraged and quit, say, well, there's nothing I can do. But that's not the right response here. Rather, it is to be aware that what I long for is the work of God's Holy Spirit to communicate to me God's incredible love. And we say this, that it's based on facts, <laughs> the facts of Scripture. I love it that you will never change the historical moment when Jesus went to the cross. That's there. When he was wounded for our transgressions, when he was bruised for our iniquities, when the chastisement of our peace was put on him, and when with his stripes we were healed. That's a historical moment. It's a historical moment. It's something that happened in history when God became flesh, born of a virgin, lived and died and rose again. <laughs> and there are so many amazing, uh, comforting things in that historical truth. If you're listening to me today and you question all of that, well, it's no wonder you're questioning the love of God because I believe that God's love truly is manifest to us through this incredible story of Jesus. But I will also say that just knowing those facts and believing them, it doesn't necessarily create this intimacy and belonging uh, that we long for with our Heavenly Father. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
And I believe it's something that happens when you and I learn day after day after day to surrender. And what's very interesting, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's won and done. And I've been trying to think of different ways to illustrate this. I'm not sure if I'm really communicating this well here today, but it's an important principle, and I hope, I hope at least some of you are getting this. I, I, I think marriage is an illustration. My wife and I uh, met way back when we were going to Rosedale, in those days, RBI, Rosedale Bible Institutes, now Rosedale Bible College. She and I were assigned to a um, gospel team, and uh, we went to Minnesota and Canada. And it was interesting how during that trip, uh, something began, chemistry, I don't know what you call it. We began to uh, have this attraction, and in not too many months, I'm not even sure how long it was, I knew I wanted to spend my life with this amazing woman. Um, <laughs> we've been married almost 45 years now. It's been an incredible life. Uh, the sense of belonging, acceptance, it's been wonderful. But not every day have I felt the warm, fuzzy feelings that I felt. Uh, now, I say, I say to people, marriage um, is based on a commitment, not just feelings. But I pity any marriage where there's no feeling and no emotion, no uh, whatever, no excitement. And, and I still am grateful for that in my marriage. But I also would tell you that there are a lot of times when you go back to facts in a marriage. And I believe that's true in your relationship with God. But be very careful here that you are not content just to live in the facts. Well, God loves me. I know he does. I know someday he's going to take me to heaven. That's not good enough for us as Christians. We want more than that. We rightfully want more than that. I think it is interesting that there in the book of Revelation, when John is uh, passing those letters on from Jesus to the churches, he talks to the church at Ephesus, and he says to them, you know, he commands them for a lot of things, perseverance, patience, for exposing false teachers, for standing for the truth, and so on. But I think one of his harshest criticisms in all of those letters is when he says, you've lost your first love. And the church at Laodicea, you're, you're lukewarm in your love. If you're a Christian today, it is absolutely right for you to say, I will not be content just to have facts, facts about God's love. Um, and again, I think I'm falling far short of, of communicating with you what's in my heart here today. But if you today have lost a sense of belonging, intimacy, love, something that has... Um, what, that sustains you day after day after day. If you've lost that, don't be content to say, well, that's just normal. That's how it is. I actually believe, and I know I've gone over this almost ad nauseum, but I actually believe the key for you to fall in love daily with our Heavenly Father is when you daily surrender to Jesus. And then you invite him. You invite this work of the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about. You invite him to open your eyes and let you see and do something that only he can do in your heart. <laughs> I love living like this. I wish I could somehow share with all my audience just how wonderful it is to live in this place. Anyway, um, I want to come back in the second half, talk a little bit more about this word lavish. Uh, God has poured out, lavishly 
poured out his love on us. And way back when I was in Rosedale uh, Bible Institute again in those days, I had a teacher there, Elon Peachy, uh, from Belleville, Pennsylvania. He gave me an illustration of lavish love, and I want to share that with you, and hopefully it'll inspire you when we come back after a song. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to
So we've been trying to share today a bit about the love of God, a subject that's huge, but also a concept, the reality of the love of God. It's, it's beyond our ability. <laughs> it's interesting, as we said earlier, that um, the Apostle Paul prays there in the book of Ephesians that people will know the love of God that's past knowing, to comprehend something of the height and depth and breadth of this incredible love. And I think it's interesting that God says his love is higher than the heavens. And as we've been saying, that's 90 billion light years out there. You can circle the earth eight times in one second going at the speed of light. And so the concepts, no matter what we could possibly say to you today, would not adequately describe to you God's love. Uh, that is why it must be the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to open your eyes to let you see. It is true, we have incredible promises uh, we have so many things in my mind that illustrate God's love. And again, the highest of those is that he sent his son into the world for us. He gave his, Jesus gave his life for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And so when Jesus gave his life for us, what a demonstration. I don't know that we have the ability to begin to explain all of that to people. Somehow, again, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that the day comes when you realize without this amazing sacrifice, you were lost. But because he loved you, he did this for us. But uh, anyway, there's a little illustration. Back when I was in Rosedale, and I mentioned Elam Peachy, a man of extreme intelligence, gifted. He could quote scriptures, just unbelievable. Uh, he was just a, a farmer from Belleville, Pennsylvania, uh, but somehow fell in love with Jesus, experienced the love of God in his own life, studied and shared, and he became well, I said when I went to his class, it was a little bit like drinking water from a fire hydrant, this guy that could just pour out his experience and knowledge of God and the, and the scriptures. But we were there one day, and he was trying to describe to us the lavish love of God. 
and uh, he <laughs> he picked on me. He said, "Mark, let me let me give you an illustration of lavish." He said, "Suppose." He said, you're, you're a dairy farmer, which I was in those days, and dreaming of marriage and farming and all of that. <laughs> and he says, suppose your father was absolutely, incredibly wealthy, had no lack of money. And as a son, he wanted to set you up as a dairy farmer. And so he would buy you 200 acres of the best land right in the heart of Belleville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Not necessarily my place, but since he loved Belleville, uh, that made sense to him. Then he said he would buy you a hundred head of the registered, the best dairy cows you could possibly get. And then he'd build you the infrastructure for that, the milk and parlor and the barns and stuff to house them. And then he would buy you all the latest John Deere equipment for planting and harvesting and uh, hay equipment, hay binds and choppers and all that. And in those days, harvester silos, those big blue silos with the white top, they were the rave. And he said, put in new harvester silos for um, and then uh, automated um, feeding system. And and then and then when that was done, he would build you a new house as you start your family. And when all of that was done, he would come and say, Mark, is there anything else I can do for you? And it's an illustration that has never left me. I don't know how to explain how I felt at that point that, man, that is lavish. (laughs) And uh, that's how God loves me. I'm not saying that communicated and stayed forever, but it's always been there. When I think about God's lavish love, there's nothing that he won't do for you. And I don't know what your thing is. Maybe it's fishing, and you can imagine getting the latest boat and fishing equipment and the best place and all of that. Whatever it is in your heart, imagine that God loves you enough that he won't hold anything back from you. You know, it may seem a little silly to talk like that since we live in a fallen world where there is suffering. Um, You know, we've just had a hurricane come through and many people have suffered greatly from that. And we could talk about other things. But when it comes to your sense of safety in your Heavenly Father, you need to know that he loves you that much and then that he is working for good in every situation. My personal little illustration that I've used for lavish (laughs) is I like German chocolate cake, and I love that coconut, uh, I guess you could say, kind of a pecan icing that they put on that. And I've said lavish would be three layers with a thick layer of icing on the bottom between each layer, on the top and on the sides, and a little bowl, or not a little bowl, big bowl of icing on the side. That would be lavish. And I know these illustrations only barely um, illustrate what I'm trying to say to you today about God's incredible love. But I want you to know the Bible is very clear. God who freely gave his son, will he not freely give you all things that you need? And some of us, some of us, I, I include myself in that today. We have those seasons when we begin to wonder, is God really looking out for me? Is he really taking care of me? Is he really doing what's best for me? And I want to tell you again today, yes, you can trust him. For some reason, it seems important that we choose to trust him. It's important that we say, God, I'm yours, and I believe that you're working for good. In the Romans 8:28, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and who are called 
according to his purpose. And so I know I've only scratched the surface of this subject of the love of God today. It truly is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It truly does go beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. And even if every stalk on earth were a quill and every man were a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, and neither could a scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. So it's no wonder that I have sat here today and <laughs> struggled with how to talk to you about the love of God. But what I do believe, and I think the scripture will say this to you, that you need to know that. You need to ask the Holy Spirit for a revelation of God's love, or you're going to have a hard time trusting him. You're going to see negative things as evidence he doesn't like you, but he does. He loves you today. I want to take just a couple minutes here during these next couple weeks to talk about uh, the ministry things, the opportunities. I am leaving for India early in November. Lord willing, if everything falls together, we're going to be doing a couple of pastor seminars there, visiting the orphanage in House of Hope and some more things. It's been, oh, I don't know, maybe a little over 10 years that at Christmas, excuse me, at Christmas time, we started taking $25 to pastor's wives um, and saying to them, you cannot spend this on yourself. You need to take it back to your villages and find people in great need, the poor, and give it to them. I, I, I don't know if I should say I advertise it, but when I shared this dream with people here, I said the Bible says that if you are kind to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And I cannot think of a better way to be kind to the poor than giving to very poor pastor's wives in India and then asking them to go find the very needy in their communities, in their villages. And as I said last week, the miracles that have come out of this, the stories, the baptisms, people that have come to Jesus and have found faith because they felt loved and cared for by this little bit of money. $25 is a month's wage, so it's not a little bit in their culture. This year, we're hoping to do at least 2,000 of these, give $25 to 2,000 poor women. And, of course, you do the math, that's $50,000. It's usually over Christmas that we try to give a few special gifts to our children and, uh, and some bonuses to our different teachers and staff and pastors and so on. So my goal is always to raise uh, $70,000 to $100,000 over this Christmas season now that this ministry to the women has grown so big. I want to say this, and I'm very relaxed. My God has done amazing things. When I started doing ministry like this, I told the Lord, I just can't do what other people do. <laughs> They're in auctions and suppers and stuff. I'll just share these needs and let God's people, let you move the heart of God's people for this. I have not started um, my own um, nonprofit, so all of this money goes through Mostly Vision India. The organization is Vision India, but we have some others. And if, if you are interested in being part of that, uh, you can send a check to Vision India or you can get up with me. Our address, you can mail it to our address is 12046 Sunset Lane, 12046 Sunset Lane. Greenwood, Delaware, 19950. And you will get a tax-deductible receipt for any giving that you do if it's a check written to Vision India. 
I should probably mention that there are some other organizations besides Vision India. There's a KMM in northern India. They work primarily with Muslims, and we've been very involved with them. There's a word of grace. Money gets channeled to them through uh, the Church of Baltimore. Again, if you're interested in any of this, you can email me. Uh, my email is M as in Mark, B as in boy, Yoder, mbyoder at gmail.com. Thank you again today for listening, for letting me share a little bit about this ministry thing as well. Um, I am grateful for all that God is doing around the world and grateful for each of you that have tuned in today. May the Lord bless you richly. We'll see you again next week on Words of Hope. No language my rapture can tell I know that the light of his presence With me doth continually dwell Redeemed, redeemed Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed how I love to proclaim it His child and forever I His love is the theme of my song. His love is the theme of my song. His love.